Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the State of Dallas podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thanks for listening. We've got a lot to get to on this week's episode. SMU comes away with a 38 uh, 34 win over Memphis on Saturday at the Liberty Bowl, improving to 9 2 overall, 7 0 in league play, getting that massive win to bolster their stance in the AAC championship game race. Guys, let's go back to the Memphis game here in a second, but let's start off with this. Uh, SMU is one of three teams with undefeated records now in AAC play. Here are the tiebreakers uh, this season for the American. It's the first time in AAC history that three teams enter the final week of the regular season unbeaten in conference play with SMU, Tulane, and UTSA all 7-0. and And hey, if you're a conference, doesn't get much better than that. Um, that kind of reminds me of the days when, well, Ohio State, Michigan battle it out. Uh, Alabama, Auburn, some years used to be for the West, things like that. This year for the American, even after losing Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, big year in terms of intrigue when it comes to the actual race for the championship. And lo and behold, top three teams in the league uh, in the preseason, I believe, um, are all at the top. The American is the only FBS conference with three unbeaten teams in conference play through week 12 and one of two conferences that will have two unbeaten teams in conference play against each other in the final week of the season. The other being Ohio state, Michigan, as most of us know, um, here are the tiebreakers. Tulane beats UTSA and SMU beats Navy. Tulane and SMU would play in New Orleans, um, which, I mean, is it's guaranteed. It's by the college football playoff rankings, which SMU is not in the top 25 right now. Tulane is. A win and a win for both teams would mean SMU's headed to New Orleans next week. Uh, Tulane defeats UTSA. Navy defeats SMU, which... We're obviously all hoping that uh, if you're listening to this, that SMU gets the win. Uh, but that would mean Tulane would host either SMU or UTSA in the championship game. That depends on the average of four computer rank ratings. Anderson and Hester, Collie, Massey, Wolf, that'll be announced Sunday. Um, so theoretically, if Tulane dishes UTSA its first loss in conference play and SMU has been above UTSA all year, should mean SMU can still go to the AAC championship game, even with a um, even with a loss uh, to Navy. So that is worth noting. It's not for sure, but it's uh, there's a decent chance. Um, we would just have to see how that Navy loss would just overall impact the computers and how they view SMU. Um, UTSA defeats Tulane and SMU defeats Navy. That would mean UTSA and SMU would, of course, play. The home team would be the highest rank, ranked team in Tuesday's college football playoff rankings. Uh, again, it would defer to the computer ratings if neither team entered the top 25. And if you're an SMU fan and you're watching these coaches poll, which have SMU at number 25, AP, SMU on the outside looking in, you're hoping that if you win on Saturday, you find a way to sneak in to the college football playoff ranking because – you're right on the edge of it. If you're top 25 in the coaches' poll, you're just on the outside looking in on the AP, you're pretty darn close. And that college football playoff ranking would then give you the, the leg up on UTSA without a doubt. You wouldn't have to go to the computers uh, in that respect. And then the last one we're not going to talk about because it involves uh, 
Navy beating SMU, um, really, which is a theoretically SMU could still make it to the conference championship game. But if Navy beats SMU and UTSA defeats Tulane, UTSA could be presented with a rematch against Tulane the next week in San Antonio. So uh, that would be the worst. Um, uh, that would be kind of the worst you know, part of this for SMU because you don't have a signature win outside of Memphis and Tulane's been ahead of you. So if Navy beats you, you're looking at needing a lot of help from the computers, which could still theoretically give you a berth in the AAC championship game. So moral of the story uh, to kick off this podcast is SMU needs to beat Navy, that they are hovering around 19-point favorites. Uh, SMU does play Navy 11 a.m. Central in Ford Stadium for Senior Day on ESPN2. So big crowd, uh, kind of expected uh, in a way. A lot of people talking to me, at least, about showing up for what could be a berth uh, in the AAC championship game. It is Thanksgiving weekend. That is always a tough one in terms of students and things like that. But um, you are honoring seniors. You are honoring the chance to potentially see SMU get to an AAC championship with a win and their heavy favorites. Obviously, Navy would would love to play uh, spoiler, but SMU has been playing good football all year. They got the monkey off their back by beating Memphis on the road at the Liberty Bowl 38-34 last week. Things are riding high, and Rhett Lashley very happy with his team's performance at Memphis, calling it, look, that's not the SMU of old. This is the new SMU. He kind of called out Memphis and some of their uh, social media posts and some T-shirts they had made about SMU as well. Um, so really shouted out the Tigers in a way as uh, they leave them behind in the AAC with what is a really difficult loss. Uh, for Memphis to stomach just overall, they lost all their games to uh, basically you know, ranked or uh, really good opponents this year. They lost to Tulane, they lost to SMU, they lost uh, to, I want to say, Missouri and somebody else uh, in the Power Five ranks. So, um, Rhett Lashley. Proud of his team and how they were able to come away with the win on Saturday. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's the position we want our program to be in, right? And so, you know, you work so hard to get in these moments, and then, like in 2019, we were in one, and and, and it didn't go our way, right? And then, you know, it felt like last year we we still would have needed some things to go our way, but we go down to Tulane, and if we can win, then we're in an, in the conversation that last week, and, and we don't play well. Right, same week of the season, on the road, big game. You saw what happened last year. You saw what happened this year. So I think it shows the growth of our program, uh, what our coaches have done, uh, what our players have done and bought into. And so we hope to be in this position more. And uh, it was good to to be in a game that was back and forth, back and forth, and find a way to to win. Yeah, and I think it was one of those games that, looking back on it now and kind of revisiting what happened uh, there in Memphis, SMU teams of old would not have necessarily won that game. And uh, I, I think you've got to give them a lot of credit for coming out, getting a stop defensively uh, with an interception, being able to turn the ball over and kind of get things going in the right direction for yourself. And then you're able to really set yourself up with a short field offensively they take advantage and they go down the field and score uh, to open the scoring. And if you're an SMU fan watching watching that happen, you're thrilled. Um, you really are. And and 
for SMU fans, that was kind of, at least from my angle watching the game and covering it, you should have been not breathing a sigh of relief, but you should have been feeling a lot better about the team's chances overall when it comes to what they would be able to do uh, just in that game in terms of kind of projecting what would happen. Memphis, very good offense, gave SMU's defense everything they could handle, but the way SMU was able to kind of roll with the punches throughout the game, I felt like was the biggest thing. And you had the defense step up, force a pair of field goals in the first half, uh, along with giving up a touchdown right away after SMU went down and scored. But being able to give up those those field goals and you know kind of limit Memphis to you know a 14-13 a halftime lead for SMU, and then go out in the second half and find ways to get stops. That was important. SMU really did make them earn just about every yard. And when SMU needed a drive, they were able to come up with them. And I think that's important. Whenever you look back on the course of a game and how SMU goes about, you know, going through a game, they went in the first half. And if they weren't scoring touchdowns, they were going three and out or basically three and out. They had uh, a four and out, a three and out and a five and out. Those are, you know, opportunities where you're kind of, or actually they only did, uh, they went one four and out and one five and out. So only two of those in the first half. And Memphis was able to control the clock and SMU just wasn't, it was kind of a weird first half. It just kind of flew by. And then the second half, Things really moved quickly. Both teams opened up two long touchdown drives. SMU answered that Memphis touchdown drive with a quick strike, minute 10 touchdown drive. Memphis went down, scored on a touchdown drive. SMU goes, kicks a field goal. But then you get your defense stepping up. And you get them to force two stops uh, in the in the fourth quarter to open things up. up. The first two drives of Memphis's fourth quarter, they were three and out. And they were five and out. And those were really important because then SMU's offense got it together as Preston Stone figured out how to orchestrate a beautiful nine-play, 73-yard touchdown drive to go up 38-28 with 4.53 to go. Or, uh, excuse me, with about uh, 2.41 to go. They took 4.53 off the game clock. And then Memphis goes down and score, but you're still playing with a somewhat high probability that you're going to win because you are the better team overall. This isn't like Charlotte blowing a 10-point lead uh, with six minutes to go. It was kind of shaping up like, all right, this should be an SMU win. We've seen them grind this out, but you're still on the road against the Memphis team that wants to send you on your way to the ACC with a loss and kick you out of the conference championship race. So it was a really interesting game to watch kind of unfold but when SMU got in the second half once they scored on that minute 10 touchdown drive I thought that they were going to win the game even as Memphis struck back I said you know what Preston Stone he's coming out firing he's playing at a very high level Brett Lashley was uh, extremely pleased in the steps that his quarterback took overall as a uh, leader and producer in the clutch moments for his team you know we got aggressive, put it in his hands, and 
Um, that's what you're going to have to do to win a conference title. You know, win games like this on the road late in the season to keep yourself in it. If we're fortunate enough to keep playing like next week, even, you know, he's going to have to make big plays and big moments and to finish 15 to 23, 286, two touchdowns. And again, no turnovers. Like he's playing aggressive and he's valuing the football. And, you know, we're just playing really good team ball. Yeah. And, and Rhett Lashley made a great point. Just overall, Preston had a very good day, but. He had a great day when it mattered. And when SMU's defense got that second stop, he took took the ball and SMU had laid the groundwork with a great rushing attack and Preston credited them for a lot of his success after the game and meeting with the media this week as well. That was really important for allowing him the space to operate and basically throw at will down the stretch. I think he finished... 11 of 14 in the second half. I could be wrong on that, but after starting, I believe one of six in the first half, uh, might have had, you know, might have finished three of eight, something like that. Uh, he responded with terrific poise and production over the course of the game. Yeah, finished three of eight in the first half um, and was able to, uh, to end up 15 of 23, which means he went 12 of uh, 12 of 15 uh, down the stretch. And his sack, he, I mean, he, he took one bad sack, uh, kind of pinned them back a little bit on a drive. But, I mean, he doesn't throw interceptions. He doesn't fumble the ball. Um, he took one sack. I, I think you've got to give it up to the offensive line. Marcus Bryant, the left tackle, was – lost for pretty much the second half. Uh, he's in concussion proto protocol. He's questionable for this week. He didn't have Hyron White. Looks like he's, I mean, he's probably out uh, this week. I mean, barring something crazy, and maybe they're hoping that they could get him back for the um, championship game if they beat Navy. But Preston Stone showed so much poise, and that was the biggest development from the Memphis game that we saw. Seth Hennigan, a kid from Dallas, who starred for Denton Ryan. Um, you know, this is a this is Texas, Dave Campbell's Texas Football's podcast on the Republic of Football Podcast Network. And uh uh Seth Hennigan, Dave Hennigan's son, who's the head coach of Denton Ryan, uh, has a lot to be proud about uh for the way his son plays and has played for the last three years, has been an absolute terror when it comes to SMU and and making uh, everything difficult on them when it comes to earning wins. And Preston Stone was able to just do enough in the second half to outduel him. And I know Seth Hennigan threw for 400 yards and all of that is great. But if you go back and you look at Seth Hennigan's game, he went 17, he went 18 of 24 in the first half and he finished. 35 of 51. So if you break that down in halves, uh, you're you're looking at a, a pretty good, um, you know, kind of spread for SMU's defense improving, at least in my opinion, uh, just kind of in the second half, uh, just what he was able to do. And um, they were able to get, again, just enough stops, a three and out on one of those drives. Uh, third and 14, they weren't able to convert on one of the drives. And all that made a difference. I mean, once they didn't convert on that third and 14 and you're holding your breath, you're, you're wondering, okay, are they going to be able to do this? He didn't get the ball 
back again until 237 left in the game. And so those moments where you have opportunities to end games and to take the ball and say, I got this and we're going to do this and go down the field is so important uh, for a quarterback to be able to step up and do. And there have been plenty of moments throughout the years and in recent SMU history that they haven't been able to do that. They haven't been able to get that key play from somebody. And outside of big wins against TCU and beating a bad Houston team last year when neither defense could stop anyone, that is the most clutch performance of a quarterback that I've seen covering SMU. Conference championship game basically on the line. It's play-in game. Rhett Lashley said that. You can look at the standings and call it that. Then you can look at everything they did to get to this point, go on the road to Oklahoma, go on the road to TCU, you lose. You don't play well at TCU. You probably should have beat OU. Looking back on the game, there are moments that Preston Stone didn't hit the guy who was open and didn't make the play that was needed. And TCU, he certainly wants that game back. But when his team needed him the most to step up and win a must-win conference game on the road, he got it done. And that's something that SMU quarterbacks until now haven't done. And so Preston Stone does things a little differently. He is not perfect. He is still developing and he's getting more and more comfortable. But that is the biggest development from the Memphis game. The other thing, LJ Johnson, number one running back on this roster right now, the way he's playing, the way he's producing two straight hundred yard games, that's huge for the Mustangs. They haven't really had that type of consistency. But one thing I'll say is it kind of mirrors the way uh, SMU finished the season last year rushing the football. Uh, they were able to find ways to really start turning it up with Tyler Levine. Um, that was LJ Johnson's third 100-yard uh, rushing performance of the season for him. And uh, this defense, you know what? They gave up 400 yards per passing. It was not pretty, but they were able to shut down the run. And it, imagine if Memphis had been able to run the football with Blake Watson. I mean, who was nearing a thousand yards? It is. Um, it would have been scary. I mean, Memphis would have won. I mean, that's the end, the long and short of it. But at least the defense gave you a little something stopping the run. And when you needed them to step up and defend the pass, they they got stops when they needed it. And so um, for SMU to lay the groundwork and beat up. Memphis, both on the ground and through the air, was so important. I think it's a huge confidence boost, even against a bad uh, Memphis defense. They're ranked in the hundreds. Um, SMU would have gotten close to 200 yards on the ground. They lost about 20-ish yards as they tried to kneel out the clock and, and waste some extra time and things like that. They did not want to hand the ball off like Miami did earlier this season and blow it. So they took a, a long, long loss the last couple of plays and um, they were able to hold on. And I, I just think when you're watching this SMU team, you've got to appreciate it. And because when we covered this team earlier this year, we watched this defense the first eight weeks of the season, basically carry this team. And the offense would do enough here and there. Um, there would always be something that they could work on. Wide receivers need to get more open. Wide receivers need to catch the football and separate. Run game inconsistent. Preston Stone kind of scrambling around, doing too much. Uh, 
all of those things have kind of still reared their ugly head here and there over the last four weeks, or I guess the last three weeks. But really what has happened is when we looked at this team earlier this season, it was, all right, when is the offense going to hold up its end of the bargain? And when are they going to do that? Because they sure as heck didn't against TCU. That was that was the worst game the offense has played all year. I mean, even, even East Carolina. I just think there were so many opportunities against TCU. I felt East Carolina, athletically, physicality-wise, and even if you follow our work at OnThePonyExpress.com, which you can get for just a dollar for your first month, we talked to uh, Marcus Bryant, the left tackle for SMU, a week after that game, and he said they kind of surprised us. And the same went for for uh, Charlotte. And those are kind of difficult things to stomach, but the plays were there to be had against TCU. There was just too much of trying to do too much, and OU, they missed opportunities. Um, now, down the stretch here, you're seeing SMU's offense step up and score enough points to have them in position now to be in the AAC championship race still. And your defense is getting enough stops that things are in the right position for you to do just that on Saturday with a win against Navy. So um, terrific job by SMU to find a way at Memphis. It is, it has been a um, really difficult place for this team to play. And uh, there have been some ugly games up there at the Liberty Bowl. So for SMU to take all that smack talk and shove it right back down Memphis's throat, uh, good on them. They're in the conference championship race now. Uh, they are going to be facing Navy on senior day, 11 a.m. Central on ESPN2 with a chance to punch their ticket to the AAC championship. Before the game, they'll be honoring a bunch of seniors, and, and Rhett Lashley is excited to do that. This is a group that he knew his first go-around as SMU offensive coordinator, and now uh, he'll get a chance to honor uh, a bunch of them on uh, Saturday morning. You know, it means a lot. Uh, you, you look at the guys who have been here a long time, you know, the obvious ones like Elijah Chapman, Tyler Levine, um, Nelson Paul. There's a couple others I may be forgetting that have played a ton of football games here. DeVere hadn't been here the whole time, but he's been here a long time. Like, um, some of those guys are going to end up playing more than Ben Redding and Hayden Howerton, which is a lot. So, um, you know, it would be really, really cool to see those guys where they were in 18 or 19, whatever year they got here when we got here. To, to finish their career out with an opportunity to win win a conference or at least play for a conference championship. So um, potentially their last game here at Ford Stadium too. We'd, we'd like to send them out with a win there, but um, it's a special group. I think last year's group was special, but it's a special group. And I don't know, you know, in terms of wins, but they got a chance to go down with some of the most wins in a two, two year stretch of, of anybody and probably in their career too. You start taking the guys like Elijah Chapman because he was here on the 19 team with 10 wins. So he's won a lot of football games here. So uh, we want to send those guys out the right way. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the only way you can do that is by winning. And uh, SMU has has faced off with Navy plenty of times on senior days, both at Navy in Annapolis and in Dallas. Um, Navy does lead the all-time series against SMU, 13-11. The Mustangs have won three straight and four of the last five. Navy is 6-5 and five all-time against SMU in games played in Dallas. But it's SMU that is now riding a three-game win streak in Dallas. Um, the last time Navy won was that awful 75-point game 
when uh, they won by 44 points in Dallas. Uh, I believe they didn't pass in that game. That was as much as I love Van Malone, the human, that was a Van Malone special. Uh, unfortunately, as, as that Chad Morris led program did not uh, help him at all, uh, putting together a, a defensive roster. But anyway, um, SMU has a chance to beat up on this Navy team a little bit. You don't have as many possessions against Navy with the way they grind it out on the ground and um, do all those things. But, um, you know, I, I think for me, with with Brian Newberry taking over, he was their defensive coordinator under Ken Niamatololo. The midshipmen are going to be motivated. If, if Navy wins on Saturday against SMU, they become bowl eligible. Uh, Army-Navy is after bowl games are done. So that is uh, very important uh, for them. Uh, SMU can send them out, obviously, to uh, no bowl game. Um, but um, SMU uh, will be trying to retain the Frank Gans Trophy. Um, that uh, is honoring uh, Frank Gans, uh, who um, is considered one of uh, the top special teams coaches in history of the NFL. Um, he was at SMU and Navy. And uh, I got some time around him as well as his son, uh, Frank Gans Jr., um, when I was at, at SMU. And so um, what, a, what a time um, when he was um, uh, there. Um, but um, now you've got um, this trophy that SMU is looking to win and keep for the final time in, in the foreseeable future. So this is a huge matchup. Uh, for SMU, they can punch their ticket. Uh, Navy has been playing tremendous football on the defensive side of the ball. Um, they have faced uh, Charlotte, or excuse me, UAB and East Carolina the last two weeks and won. Uh, the win over UAB is obviously a little bit more notable, but East Carolina struggling so much offensively. Navy won 10-0, real barn burner there. They beat Charlotte, another team that is awful offensively, 14-0. Uh, and their two losses, think about this, they lost 32-18 to 18 to that Temple team, SMU, I think had 55 points on in the early early um, third quarter or something. It's crazy. Uh, and then lost to Air Force 17-6, so played uh, the Falcons tough uh, at home. This, um, I, I kind of go back and forth kind of predicting how this one will go. Uh, I just think that SMU is so much better than Navy. I think SMU is going to have the chance to cover. Uh, Vegas has had this around a 19-point-ish thread uh, spread. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's just – it's a different – it's a different Navy team. It is uh, a Navy team that, you know, I think shuts you down in the red zone, the number one in, in red zone efficiency as far as defense. Opponents score just 65% of the time. Uh, they have been able to recover fumbles. They're number one in the country with 13 fumbles recovered. Second in country in turnover margin. Um, and that is, uh, um, you know, just something to uh, to really note. Because SMU, if there's one thing that they've kind of dealt with a little bit is the fumble bug. Just a little bit. Uh, Preston uh, was able to recover a fumble, I believe, at Rice of his own. Jalen Knighton. Uh, fumbled against against Rice. He fumbled against Oklahoma. He fumbled another time this year. Uh, there have just been some moments where SMU has been a little just careless with the ball, but SMU has also been able to win the turnover battle most of the games this year. 
Um, I'd have to go back and really look and, and dial that in, but it's I'm pretty sure they've won the battle most of the games this year. So if if SMU can take care of the football, and it just goes back to the repetitive stuff, if SMU can take care of the football, if they can play clean on special teams, if they can finish a couple drives with touchdowns, that should be enough to push this one over the top. This is not your Navy team that um, is this juggernaut offensively overall. I mean, it's really not. Um, they're just really – they score quickly. They – I just, they're more of a defensive football. They're taking, football team, they're taking on the um, mindset of their coach. Uh, it's very obvious. Uh, Brian Newberry is well-respected. That's why he was elevated to the role after Ken Niamatololo left. Um, but in reality, I mean, you don't have a Navy player with a with a 1,000 yards on the season. They've got a bunch of players that have carried the football for over 100 yards. But Alex uh, Teza, or Texas uh, is their leading rusher with uh, 115 carries for 741 yards, five touchdowns. Um, and they're going to uh, need to uh, really solve this SMU defense um, early on because if they get down, it's just going to be really, really difficult uh, for them to come back on this defense the way they're playing. I mean, Xavier Arline is their quarterback. He has, he's third on the team with 316 yards on the ground um, and two touchdowns this season. It's just not the Navy team offensively we're used to seeing. Um, I, I feel like, you know, uh, uh, I think Ty Lavate is is out for the year. Um, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's hurt. Uh, so they don't have him at quarterback, um, which is a big, big note there. Um, he's been out, um, I believe, a while. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was out last week, um, and, and isn't on the depth chart, uh, this year. Um, you know, so that it, he's not on the depth chart now. So it's, uh, it's, um, uh, Xavier Arline's show and he's new to it and he, and, you know, he's stepped in and, completed 64% of his passes. He's led them to two straight wins. And that is 100% uh, worthwhile, uh, no question about it. But this is not the offensive team that really just pops out at you um, when it comes to what Navy likes to do. Uh, they're very much a defensive team. They've they've done a really nice job taking away the football. They run really hard. Um, SMU's offensive line, which could very well be without Marcus Bryan and Hyron White, needs to be ready to go because they're going to hit you uh, in the mouth and they are going to find a way to try and, uh, quite frankly, um, disrupt everything you want to do. And so Preston Stone's going to have to take care of the football. The running backs are going to have to take care of the ball. Uh, it'll be senior day for Tyler Levine, which will be pretty special. Um, and it's been a fun ride for him. As somebody who started at Army, he's always – wanted to beat Navy. He's, he's had a couple special performances against the mid midshipmen um, overall. Um, but he hasn't, he hasn't been somebody that uh, is carrying the ball a ton this year. If SMU gets up big, it'd be a cool story to finish up his SMU home career, at least in the regular season, they might play a game again uh, in Ford stadium uh, for the conference championship thing, game. If things go their way, but it's been a long road for Tyler Levine. 
uh, to get to this point and, and a really special opportunity for him to close it out uh, with a win, at least in the regular season, and punch a ticket to the conference championship game. I mean, I think it was really good with the guys this year. Everyone was really bought in. Um, everybody knew that we just had to go 1-0 and each week, and it was just a little baby steps each time. And instead of looking at the end goal, everyone looked at each week as, you know, this is an opportunity to go 1-0 and instead of looking – hey, we got this team this week, this game this week. Um, but I think everybody just was bought in. And the fact of just being uncommon, um, being selfless, uh, playing for everybody on the, on the team. And just um, now that we're here, everybody's seeing that, hey, going one and know each week, it, it turns out to be good for us because now we got one more game to go one and know to go to the uh, championship. So that'll be a good opportunity. Yeah, and uh, speaking of senior day, it is a, a huge list uh, for SMU um, that is going to be honored. I'm getting it up for you guys right now. Um, I, I think this is going to be um, pretty straightforward. Uh, there are a couple guys on here that uh, kind of make sense. Um, um, sorry, answering... Uh, Sources, uh, text message there. A um, couple guys on here that have eligibility left. I'll lead off with those two guys. Um, um, Cam Irvin, uh, the offensive lineman who's a former walk-on, uh, is going to uh, be honored on senior day. I don't know if that means he's not coming back, but it would kind of make sense. You've got Ben Sparks who's been playing over him. You've got Logan Parr, who's, uh, I believe, a little bit younger than him, maybe in the same same uh, uh, grade. Um, yeah, so you're 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 going to be maybe moving on, maybe just um, uh, just uh, where's Logan Parr? Um, oh, there he is. Um, maybe just moving on uh, with your life or or whatever, but. Um, Cam Irving is on there. And then Alex Padilla, one of the backup quarterbacks. This was always kind of the deal with Padilla when they brought him in over the offseason as a transfer quarterback for depth. He'd play one year, and then when Tyler Aronson would come in, that he would roll off and probably begin his coaching career. He wanted to get around a uh, an offense like SMU's and get away from one uh, like Iowa's. So from there, uh, linebacker Chris Adamora is out of eligibility. Punter Ryan Bachevsky is out of eligibility. These are the scholarship guys. There's a few other good ones, uh, former walk-ons that I'll mention in a second. Uh, tight end Micah Hiltz, who was a one-year guy from Texas State. Elijah Chapman, who's been gutting it out towards the end of this year. The defensive lineman is, is going to get honored. Jordan Curley, who had an unfortunate end to his career too early uh, with the torn ACL, is, is going to be honored. Um, Tyler Levine, the running back, of course. Devere Levelson, the defensive lineman. Uh, former JUCO standout, Chris Meganson, the one-year transfer from Liberty, Jordan Miller, the one-year transfer from Miami. A nose tackle has been so important. Nelson Paul, who uh, started his career at SMU, finishing his career at SMU as an edge rusher um, out of the state of Florida. Uh, right tackle, Hiron White, uh, the one-year transfer from Missouri. And then Charles Woods, uh, the one-year transfer from uh, West Virginia, uh, coming back to Dallas to finish out his career. All going to be honored. They'll also uh, honor some walk-ons, Carter Campbell, Oni Easley, um, Will Goldberg, Nick Heck, uh, Will uh, Keen, um, Jackson Ritz, and uh, Alex Sikafus. So some guys that have been around for quite some time. Uh, some guys that have been around for quite some time when it, when it comes to uh, walk-on world. I mean, 
you don't give walk-ons a ton of time, but there are some guys that have played a while that it's it's kind of cool to see some of them uh, obviously go their full full career. Carter Campbell being one, and he's one of those glue guys in the locker room. So um, they're going to be honoring a lot of seniors on Saturday, um, and it'll be a you know should be a fun day for SMU. Um, they are heavily heavily favored by three touchdowns over Navy. They've got a chance to punch their ticket to the AAC championship game. They'll know their opponent and potentially where um, as soon as the game is over. So that is worth noting. Um, And, and we'll, we'll kind of be figuring that out, um, trying to figure that out as quickly as we can um, as well. If, if there's math involved or whatever, but um, UTSA and Tulane do play on Friday at two 30, I believe. So we'll be watching that one. Uh, as well, uh, kind of recovering from Thanksgiving, watching watching some Texas high school football. Uh, finishing up with my prediction here, I said earlier this week I, I felt like either forty five or forty two seventeen. I don't think that's a bad pick. I'm kind of thinking that might be a little high, just with Navy how much they run the football. I mean, I would I would love if this eleven a.m. game game was like done by just you know, one thirty or so. Um, be a lot of fun. Probably mean that SMU gets a win, I would think. But um, look, I, I think SMU probably you're looking at maybe 38, 13. I think that's a pretty safe bet um, overall. Again, uh, Navy's probably going to find a, a way to get one going. Uh, we've seen that throughout the year. A couple shutouts for the Mustangs defense, but not too much in terms of, or I mean, we, we've kind of seen an offense get going for a drive here and there just about every game this year. I, I think Navy won't be much different. I think they'll be able to get a touchdown, maybe two, but really a touchdown, a couple field goals. And that should be it. Um, SMU is just – think about last year's performance by SMU against Navy. They were able to find a way to win um, that one as well, 40-34, uh, to 34, um, and, and really withstand a, a late Navy push uh, to hold on for the win. But – when you have the big guys that SMU has up front defensively this year, I think it's just so night and day. I think it's really going to cause issues for Navy. Um, and the goal for SMU would be really for this offense to roll early and get some of these guys out on the defensive side of the ball and let them rest up. There are some heavily banged up defensive guys that are gutting it out um, that we're kind of watching and seeing how much they'll play on Saturday. Um, and, and maybe some younger guys that have a chance to maybe play one more in red shirt after that or, or what have you. Get get some other guys in there. If SMU can build a big lead and be done with it. But, yeah, I think SMU about 38-13 is probably what I'm settling on in the final score prediction. Uh, quick updates, guys, um, on the recruiting front, and we'll get you guys out of here. Uh, two key prospects uh, for SMU uh, did decommit from their programs that they had been committed to and the Mustangs continue to push for these guys. Um, and they're two uh, Lone Star State prospects. And uh, if I may, I will uh, pull them up on the On3 network because I'm with OnThePonyExpress.com. You can follow our work there and join the site for just a dollar uh, as we get ready for the transfer portal season, the recruiting finish. Um, and the first one that decommitted uh, is Derek McFall, the four-star athlete from Tyler, Texas. He decommitted from... Uh, UCLA this week. He's a big, big time target for SMU. They're hoping to get him on board sooner rather than later. He's got some other programs that are pushing for him, uh, but he is a guy that SMU has hosted for an official visit and is working on. The other 
is Dallas Christian standout William Speedy Nettles. He decommitted from Purdue this week. And SMU has been pushing for him behind the scenes for a while. He was their uh, SMU was his first offer a couple years ago. They've been on him for years. Purdue has not been doing as well as you would have maybe thought going into this year. He opts to open things up. And SMU is hoping to capitalize on bringing in some more corner depth. So, again, follow us at OnThePonyExpress.com for all the latest recruiting scoop you need on the Mustangs. Appreciate Dave Campbell's Texas Football for having us on the state of Dallas um, and the Republic of Football Podcast Network. Follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast: YouTube, Spotify, Apple. Hope you guys enjoy SMU Navy. We will catch you guys next week as the Mustangs could very well be preparing for an AAC championship game birth. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll catch you next week.